This is a report on the difficulties of the Jamestown settlement by Thomas Studley, which he titled, What Happened Till the First Supply? And it appears in the works of Captain John Smith. And it goes like this. Being thus left to our fortunes, it fortuned that within ten days, scarce ten amongst us could either go or well stand. Such extreme weakness and sickness oppressed us. And thereat, none need marvel if they consider the cause and reason, which was this. Whilst the ships stayed, our allowance was somewhat bettered by the daily proportion of biscuit, which the sailors would pilfer to sell, give, or exchange with us for money, sassafras, furs, or love. But when they departed, there remained neither tavern, beer house, nor place of relief, but the common kettle. Had we been as free from all sins as gluttony and drunkenness, we might have been canonized for saints. But our president would never have been admitted for engrossing to his private, that is his own use, oatmeal, sack, that is wine, oil, acavite, that is liquor, beef, eggs, and whatnot. But the kettle that he allowed equally to be distributed, and that was half a pint of wheat and as much barley boiled with water for a man a day. And this, having stayed some 26 weeks in the ship's hold, contained as many worms as grains, so that we might truly call it rather so much bran than corn. Our drink was water, our lodgings, castles in the air, which I think means they lived in the trees. With this lodging and diet, our extreme toil in bearing and planting palisades so strained and bruised us, and our continual labor in the extremity of the heat had so weakened us as were cause sufficient to have made us as miserable in our native country or any other place in the world. But now was all our provision spent, the sturgeon gone, all helps abandoned, each hour expecting the fury of the savages. Then God, the patron of all good endeavors, in that desperate extremity so changed the hearts of the savages that they brought such plenty of their fruits and provision as no man wanted, that is, no one did without. Such actions, by which he means the planting of the colony, have ever since the world's beginning been subject to such accidents, and everything of worth is found full of difficulties. But nothing is so difficult as to establish a commonwealth so far remote from men and means, and where men's minds are so untoward as neither do well themselves nor suffer others. But to proceed, the new president, Ratcliffe, and Martin, being little beloved of weak judgment in dangers, and less industry in peace, committed the managing of all things abroad to Captain Smith, who by his own example, good words, and fair promises, set some to mow, others to bind thatch, some to build houses, others to thatch them. He always bearing the greatest task for his own share, so that in short time he provided most of them lodgings, neglecting any for himself. This done, seeing the savages' superfluity, that is generosity, begin to decrease, he, with some of his workmen, shipped himself 
in the shallop to search the country for trade. The want of the language, knowledge to manage his boat without sails, the want of a sufficient, sufficient power, knowing the multitude of the savages, apparel for his men, and other necessities, were infinite impediments, yet no discouragement. Being but six or seven in company, he went down the river to Caicotton, where at first they scorned him as a starved man. Yet he so dealt with them that the very next day they loaded his boat with corn. And in his return, he discovered and kindly traded with the Waraskoyaks. Wingfield and Kendall, living in disgrace, strengthened themselves with sailors and other Confederates to regain their former credit and authority, or at least such means aboard the pinnace, being fitted to sail as Smith had appointed for trade, to alter her course and go for England. Smith, unexpectedly returning, had the plot discovered to him. Much trouble he had to prevent it, till with store of falcon, that is falcon balls, and musket shot, he forced them to stay or sink in the river, which action cost the life of Captain Kendall, who was shot after trial. These brawls are so disgustful, as some will say that they are better forgotten. Yet all men of good judgment will conclude it were better their baseness should be manifest to the world than the business bear the scorn and shame of their excused disorders. The president and Captain Archer, not long after, intended also to have abandoned the country, which project also was curbed and suppressed by Smith. The Spaniard never more greedily desired gold than he victuals, which he found so plentiful in the river of Chickahammy, where hundreds of savages in diverse places stood with baskets expecting his coming. And now the winter approaching, the rivers became so covered with swans, geese, ducks, and cranes that we daily feasted with good bread, Virginia peas, pumpkins and persimmons, fish, fowl, and diverse sorts of wild beasts as fat as we could eat them, so that none desired to go for England. But our comedies never endured long without a tragedy, some idle exceptions being muttered against Captain Smith for not discovering the head of the Chickahamon River. The next voyage he proceeded so far that with much labor, by cutting of trees asunder, he made his passage. But when his barge could pass no further, he left her in a broad bay out of danger of shot, commanding none should go ashore till his return. He himself, with two English and two savages, went up higher in a canoe. But, but he was not long absent, but his men went ashore whose want of government gave good occasion and opportunity to the savages to surprise one George Casson. Smith, little dreaming of that accident, being got to the marshes at the river's head, had his two men slain sleeping by the canoe, whilst himself, by fouling, sought them victuals. Who finding, he was beset with 200 savages. Two of them he slew still defending himself with the aid of a savage as his guide, till at last, slipping into a bogmire, they took him prisoner. 
When this news came to the fort, much was their sorrow for his loss, few expecting what ensued. A month those barbarians kept him prisoner, many strange triumphs and conjurations they made of him, yet he not only diverted them from surprising the fort, but procured his own liberty and got himself and his company such estimation amongst them that those savages admired him as a demigod. So returning safe to the fort, this would be January 1608, he once more stalled the pinnace from her flight to England, which till his return could not set sail, so extreme was the weather and so great the frost. His relation of the plenty he had seen, especially at Maranacomco, where inhabited Powhatan, that till that time was unknown, so revived again their dead spirits as all men's fear was abandoned. Powhatan, having sent with this captain, diverse men of his loaded with provision. He appointed his trusty messengers to bring out two or three of our great ordinances, that is cannons, but at the sight of one of them discharged, the Indians ran away amazed with fear till means was used with gifts to assure them of our loves. Thus, you may see what difficulties still crossed any good endeavor and the good success of the business. Yet, you see by what strange means God has still delivered it. As for the insufficiency of them admitted in commission, that error could not be prevented by their electors, there being no other choice, and all were strangers to each other's education, qualities, or disposition. And if any deem it a shame to our nation to have any mention made of these enormities, let them peruse the histories of the Spanish discoveries and plantations, where they may see how many mutinies, discords, and dissensions have accompanied them and crossed their attempts, which, being known to be particular men's offenses, does take away the general scorn and contempt that malice and ignorance might else produce to the scandal and reproach of those whose actions and valiant resolution deserve a worthy respect. Now, whether it had been better for Captain Smith to have abandoned the country with some 10 or 12 of them who were called the better sort, to have left Master Hunt, our preacher, Master Anthony Gosnall, a most honest, worthy, and industrious gentleman, with some 20 or 30 others, his countrymen, to the fury of the savages, famine, and all manner of mischiefs and inconveniences, or starved himself with them for company, for want of lodging, or but adventuring abroad to make them provision, or by his opposition to preserve the action and save all their lives, I leave to the censure of others to consider. Thomas Studley. So, that is kind of an excuse of the disasters of the first year or so of the Jamestown settlement.